Welcome to the Becoming You podcast. I'm your host, Megan, a mindset coach passionate about helping you feel empowered to be your most authentic and confident self. In these episodes, you can expect to find raw and honest solo conversations, practical tips, inspiring interviews and insights that will cover topics like self-awareness, self-development, anxiety, health, and so much more. If you're ready to take back ownership of your life and feel confident to step into who you truly are, then this podcast is for you. So let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Becoming You podcast. This is an impromptu episode. Um, I'm literally sat on my bed right now with my microphone and my laptop, proving that you can literally do this from anywhere. But I wanted to record this episode um, because I've just had this like, not epiphany, but this just came to me after having my citizenship ceremony yesterday. I am now a citizen of Australia and it's taken me eight years to get to this point. So I just want to share a little bit about my journey through that. And the words that come up for me are resilience and growth. And so I'm recording this because I feel like when we share our stories, when we share our experiences, it resonates with people. And that is what I'm here to do is to share my experience and my learnings in the hopes that it fucking helps somebody else. Um, And I've had a few messages which is I'm just so grateful for and it really touches my heart of people saying that they've listened to my podcast and it's like they can relate and they're like, oh my God, thank thank God people feel the same and you know, you're you're making me realise that like things can change and that is what I want. Like I am so happy about that. So if you listen to my podcast and you feel that way, like thank you for being here. I see you Um, And like, if you do feel that or something resonates, please send me a message on Instagram. Like I I fucking love connecting with people in my community. Um, And I love to hear your feedback and like your stories as well. So I just want to start with that today. So eight years, eight fucking years I've been in Australia now. And synchronicities because my citizenship ceremony was literally a week out from exactly eight years from the moment I arrived here. So 2nd of February 2015 is when I got here and I just had my citizenship ceremony yesterday. And there's something about that. There's just something about that for me that's like, oh, that's meant to be that timing, right? And when I reflect on the girl that got off that fucking plane in 2015, I don't know who she is. She is, was a different person than who I am now. And for a lot of people that might be like, well, duh, you know, like eight years. I mean, I was 22 when I got here, nearly 23. And now I'm nearly 31. So of course there's going to have been growth in my life, right? But for a lot of people, that might be surface level. That might be, okay, I've moved countries. I've, I've changed jobs and careers. I've changed friends or I've had different relationships. That'll, that's a lot of change. But not all change is the external stuff, right? Some of that change 
And what I think is the most important fucking change and evolution is the internal stuff, right? It's the like the growth of me as a person, not the external things of like who I have in my life and what I have in my life. Now, one of the questions that I like always get, always get when I say, you know, I moved out here on my own, blah, 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 is oh, why did you, why did you do it? Like, why did you leave the UK? Like, why Australia? What was the reason? And you know what? My default answer to when people ask that question is the answer that most people give, especially when they come from the UK, is I wanted to travel, right? Australia is so far from the UK that it's like almost incomprehensible. And so a lot of people come out here to see the other side of the world, right? And the weather's amazing. So, you know, why would we not want that? But that's what people say. I came here to travel. Now, that was is a bit of a lie for me, right? But it's just the thing that people say. And maybe at the time when I came, my a part of my intention was that. But really, I'm just gonna get really vulnerable right now and transparent. That's not the reason that I left the UK. The reason that I left the UK was a bit of backstory. I'd spent a year in America doing, uh, working out there for my degree. And then when I got back, I had to do another year to finish my degree. And I started working uh, full time in a job. And I was with a person, I was in a relationship that was incredibly intense and incredibly toxic. And it was a very short relationship. This is, this I, I find this really interesting because there are relationships that can last a long time and have minimal impact. And there are relationships that can be really short. I'm talking like nine months and have such an incredible impact that it lasts for years. And I find that really interesting. But I was working a job in hospitality. I was working as a like a restaurant supervisor. It was full on. It was like over 60 hours a week. I like had no sort of social life, obviously, hospitality, you don't. And I was living with this with this guy, with his mother at the time, um, because I didn't have anywhere else to live. And it was a very toxic environment. And I spent a lot of time at work, obviously. But when I was at home, and I don't want to say home, but when I was at that house, it was so toxic, it was overbearing. Now, without going into too much detail, <laughs> reveal all of my fucking secrets. Um, I was a time I was at a time in my life where I was drinking a lot and I was taking a lot of drugs. And this person is is the person that really influenced me in that. Um, we are always responsible for our, for our own actions. I really believe that now. But I also think there's an element of when you're like 21, 22, being really influenced by the people in your life, especially when it's somebody that you think you love, right? Like, oh my God, I love this person so much. Like, I want him to want me. I want him to be with me. So I'm going to be the person that he wants me to be. Now, what I didn't realize at the time was that this person had a, a cocaine addiction, and that was actually worse than I could ever imagined. And eventually I had to leave the relationship. Um, I ended up going back home. I lost so much weight. I remember having a conversation with my friend who had known me for years. And I'd gone, I'd gone home to visit 
my parents because I needed I just needed a break from all the bullshit and she said to me I don't recognize the person sitting in front of me you are a shell of yourself and that was something that really stuck with me and I I was like oh fuck when you're in something when you're going day day to day living day to day in this life that you have you might know that it's toxic you might feel a certain way but sometimes it takes for someone on the outside to go yeah I don't recognize you anymore like this is not who you are and I'm concerned and that was really um a wake-up call for how much I was struggling mentally and how much I needed to leave that situation um I I couldn't eat I couldn't sleep yeah, it was not a good time. So I left that relationship. I left the job that I was in. I moved back home with the intention of, look, just taking some time and then finding another job somewhere, you know, close to where I, where I lived. And then my beautiful parents took me away for Christmas because they could see how much I was struggling. And they took me to Egypt and it was beautiful and it's one of my most memorable Christmases and we spent Christmas Day on on an island and it was just stunning. And they said to me, um, we we have some money um, and, you know, and this was a big deal, by the way. I'm not from a family that has money, so this was a big thing. Um, and they said, do you want to go and see your friend in Australia? So I have a beautiful friend who is still one of my best friends today who we met in America and she was English and she went straight to Australia and we were in contact and my dad said, do you want to go and and see her and maybe just have some time and then you can come back home and, you know, decide what you want to do, work it out. And I was like, okay. So me, in the midst of like, you know, anxiety, depression, um, just not being okay, was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to go on the other t- to the other side of the world on my own <laughs> to stay with somebody who obviously I love, but like, and just see what happens. Now, as someone who, I mean, anyone with anxiety, uncertainty is that one of the biggest things we struggle with, right? Like, I don't know what's going to happen next, worst case scenario, oh my God, all the things. So I felt that. So I knew how big of a thing this was and how much of like a toxic life I was leaving behind because I was like okay I'm gonna do this the desire is a lot stronger than the fear right now and the fear was fucking strong let me tell you so I I left within within two months um I was I was here I did it and I really reflect back on the person that I was when I arrived in Australia. God, she was lost. She was really, really lost. She didn't know who she was. She obviously still had all these really like, you know, this love for this person that cheated on her and treated her horribly. And, you know, there was just this, a lot of, you know, sort of, what would I call, um, entangled emotions around that, but knowing that, okay, I've got to leave this um feeling lonely being on the other side of the world being like she needs to find a job she needs to find a place to live all of the stresses that come with like relocating 
but also being like, I don't know who I am. And I'm very nervous to do anything. This is the thing that I find so funny. And this is the thing that people struggle to understand when you say, I'm really anxious, like I have anxiety, I have depression, all the things. And like, how the fuck did you come across the world on your own, right? Like, how did you do that? It's one of the scariest things you could do. And I know, like, I know that. And that's why, again, I I know the desire was stronger than the fear at that point. But I was a person who couldn't go and sit in a cafe on my own. I couldn't be out and around like shopping centers and stuff on my own. I felt incredibly um, nervous in, in crowds and I felt incredibly judged when I was, you know, out on my own, ordering things for myself, buying things for myself, felt so intimidating. And when I got here, it didn't get fixed. Like it almost got worse. It was almost um, magnified because of the situation I was in. And, you know, in the first couple of months I was here, I got fired from a job. I I remember getting a tram fine, which are really expensive, by the way. And I, I just felt like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I'm, I'm three months in, I've got no money, I've got nothing. I'm really unhappy. I was really struggling with anxiety. So naturally, I was drinking more. I was doing drugs, all the things that I could to cope. And I spent my days journaling, and I still have those journals, just writing, just writing about things. And I eventually was was allowing myself to go and sit in a cafe. Like I can just, if I do this one thing today, you know, like that's that's good. And I would go and sit in these cafes and I'd write about the people around me. I'd like observe and I'd I'd almost make up stories about what I thought their life was, you know, who they were, where they'd been. And it was really um, a cathartic thing for me to do to kind of get lost in that as opposed to lost in my own thoughts. And at this time as well, I was very much struggling with the way that I looked. For anyone that's listened to my other podcast episodes or like been in my world, uh, I struggled with disordered eating and body dysmorphia for a very long time. And when I felt more anxious, when I felt more depressed, this kind of got worse too. So there'd be a lot of, I hate myself, I'm so fat, I'm so horrible, I'm disgusting, like all the things and dieting. And so that was really, really unhealthy as well. And what didn't help is that I was also still incredibly closed off emotionally. I I didn't know how to express emotions. I was not connected with my emotions at all, other than feeling completely powerless to them, right? When they came on, whether it was anxiety, whether it was this overwhelming like feeling of hopelessness, right? Like they would overpower me. I didn't have any sort of connection to them. And I definitely didn't have any control over my like mindset and my state of being. I was just going along, going through the motions and being like, I need this to fucking end. Like I, I, I can't feel like this anymore. And I so vividly remember this time when I was looking for a job, when I got fired and it was in this cafe in the city and I I was living in the city at the time. And I was like, okay, cool. It's a, it's a cafe job. I can do this. And I, I rocked up and it was probably about 11 a.m. I was I rocked up to do a trial and I stood outside and it was in one of like the, the business districts. So everyone around me is in, in suits and I never worked in an office at this point. So I was like, oh my God, all these people 
are so much better than me. They're so much richer than me. They are going to look at me and just completely judge me. And like, there's no way I can go into that cafe right now and do a fucking trial. I just, I cannot. And I had a breakdown. I had a breakdown and I went and found (laughs) this random dingy pub in Melbourne at 11.30 in the morning and I went and got myself a cider and sat there and journaled about how shit of a person I was because I couldn't even go into a fucking trial. I was like, if I can't do this, I am nothing. And it sticks with me because I would always have these stories playing in my head about how I couldn't do the things and I was never going to be enough and that was my reality and when I look back I'm like wow you came across the fucking world number one like that's a massive thing and I don't think I ever gave myself credit where credit was due It's like I would always focus on all the things that I was doing wrong or all the places that I lacked and never step into like my achievements and what I could do well. And I, after a few months, I stumbled across a job that was an office job and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I'd never worked in an office, but I sort of talked my way into it. And at this time... It was either find a job that was going to sponsor me to stay or go and do farm work. Now, for anyone that's listening that has had to do that or knows someone that's done that, you know what I'm saying. I was like, there's no fucking way in hell I'm going to go and do three months working on a farm. It's going to be hot. (laughs) I am not a manual labour type of gal and I can't deal with bugs spiders snakes all the shit I was like no this is not for me so I was like I have to make this work I have to make this work because I don't want to do that thing but I want to stay long story short I did um I spent four years at that place of work it was incredibly toxic (laughs) it was very traumatizing um and this is where it comes back to the resilience piece there were times in that four years where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be in this workplace. I can't get up every morning and go to this job that I fucking hate, that is filled with just, I don't wanna say too much, but like sexual harassment and like no proper management, no HR, um, just inappropriate on all levels, no support. It's like, I do not want to get up every morning and do this. I can't do this. And there was always this thing in the back of my head of like, you don't have a choice. You have your end goal and your end goal is to get your permanent residency to stay in this country. So we are going to do that until the point we get that, (laughs) right? And I had no money. Like there are times where I, I think back and I'm like, how did I keep going when I just had no money? I was severely underpaid. Um, I was living with minimal things and I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? But I did, I did it, I kept showing up. And the day, the day, which is again, another synchronicity, and this is why the universe is just always working in your favor. The day that I got my permanent residency, it came through on an email, it was my birthday. And that day I wrote out my resignation letter and I gave it to the boss and said, the time has come and you knew it was coming and I resign. 
And I can't tell you the feeling of liberation that I got. And I honestly believe that from that moment in my life, I realized that I have choice, right? I'd been in this place for four years of like, I don't have a fucking choice. I'm doing what I need to do to survive. And for anyone that's in that situation, you know, not necessarily that specific situation, but in in a situation where you are in survival because you're doing what you have to do to get through it, I fucking see you. I see you. It is incredibly difficult to stay positive, to stay motivated, to practice gratitude when you're feeling like there's no other choice. So I just want to say that. But when I got to the end, I was like, I have choice now. And it truly boosted my confidence because I was like, I will never work in a job again that I don't want to be in. I will never do that to myself because I've, I've been on the other side of it and I've seen what it's like and I fucking hated it and I wouldn't want anyone to go through that. And so I quickly like got another job and then I left that job and then I found another job and I was like, this isn't working for me. I don't like it. And I found another job until the point where I found the job that I'm working part-time and now I am also working for myself, which is my end goal. The girl that fucking came to Australia on her own eight years ago would never have thought that this is where she would be. And I'm trying to say it without getting emotional, but like she didn't see what was coming. She didn't focus on what was possible. She focused on survival. She focused on the past. And you know what? I'm I'm reading this book at the minute and it's incredible and I highly recommend it. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he talks about how our thoughts create our emotions, which create our state of being, which create our reality. And so many of us are operating from a place of the past that we just keep creating the same fucking thing again and again. And I realized that what I spent a long time in my 20s was thinking about all of the trauma, thinking about all of the things that have happened to me, all of the bad the bad shit. And every time I thought about that, it created a feeling in my body. You might know what I'm talking about. If you think about something traumatic or something that's happened that really upset you and you think about that in your mind, it will generate the same feeling that you had at the time it was happening. The mind is incredible, but also it doesn't serve us sometimes because the fact that you can just think about an event and it will create the same response in your body is wild because if we continue to do that over and over and over and over, we will never see change. We will never be able to create change. You can't create a new future based on the past thoughts. You have to change the thoughts to create a new future. It's fucking fascinating. And so that was kind of like the growth that I had and what I was experiencing. And the word is resilience how did I keep going even when I saw no end in sight when I had no money you know when I was just so fucking done and I, and I did it and I've been reflecting on this like how the fuck did I actually do that you know feeling so unmotivated and, and hopeless and you know what it was actually always about pushing myself out of my comfort zone bit by bit even when I was saying I can't do this I'd be like doing something, I can't do this. 
and again, that's my inner story, right? That's my, that's my past. That's my, what I'd always told myself. And it was like my inner narrative, my automatic response is I can't do it, but I'd still be doing it, right? Whether it was going to that cafe to sit in it on my own and, and, and journal, whether it was going for this job that I'd never worked in an office before. And I was like, well, let's just give it a go. You know, whether it was going and moving out and, and living on my own or fuck, there's so many examples, right? Quitting a job. I can't do it. I can't do it. What am I going to do next? Like, I, it's, I just can't. But I did it anyway. I did it anyway. And it was, it was all of these little things bit by bit that taught me that I can do it. And at the time, I fucking hated it. <laughs> at the time, I was like, this is too hard. I don't want to do it. Like, you know, I've struggled a lot. I don't want to minimize my suffering because... I spent a lot of time re- extremely unhappy and, and very depressed and really thought that life was unfair. And I blamed, I blamed situations and I blamed other people. And once I could get out of that, and once I saw some clarity and had some clarity about how I was playing into my own suffering, and that actually if I kept just pushing myself my, out of my comfort zone bit by bit, I could do things that did allow me to to change. That did allow me to change my story. And it taught me lessons. So I'm incredibly proud of the woman that I have become over the last eight years. And I think one of the one of the things and one of the last things I'll say on this, I mean I'm just rambling now. <laughs> so if anyone gets to this point, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, one of the things that I think really held me back for an incredibly long time was the fact that I was so disconnected to my body that I was ruled by my mind. I was overthinking, I was anxious, I was stressed all of the time. I did a post about this today, actually, um, talking about the connection to my body and how I actually use dancing now as a way of moving through emotions. But the thing is, you have to be able to connect to your emotions in the first place in order for that to work. And I was incredibly disconnected. I I couldn't see my body for what it was. Like I had body dysmorphia. So like I couldn't see what was in the mirror. I was incredibly disconnected from myself when it came to being, to, to feeling safe when I was being intimate with others. And obviously that comes from a like past trauma. And I was incredibly um, powerless to things like anxiety because I couldn't, I couldn't um, acknowledge or or feel the cues, the body cues that you know gives you to tell you that this is happening. And so I felt like, oh, I'm just controlled by this overwhelming anxiety, this overwhelming like numbness. I am not in control. And being disconnected from my body is what held me back. Because our body is our unconscious mind. Everything that we, everything that happens, all of our memories, all the trauma, all of the things are stored in the body. If we don't have connection to our body, we are are just ruled by our unconscious mind and we don't know what's going on. So all of the pain, the trauma, all of those things, we have to find a way to connect to the the emotions in the body and to release, release them. So 
one of the most transformative things for me in my life is being able to now connect. I'm like the most emotional person now, but I'm the happiest I've ever been. So I used to think that if I got emotional or I allowed those things to come up, that I would forever be in it and I'd be so negative and I'd be so like depressed that it, would be, it wouldn't be worth it. But what's really interesting is that was my thought pattern at the time. While I was incredibly depressed, and unable to connect with my emotions, right? Like I created this story and this assumption, but it was just fucking bullshit. Now I'm connected and I can actually feel without judgment and allow those things to come up and release them. I spend a lot more of my life feeling liberated, feeling joyful, feeling grateful, feeling fucking happy because I know how to move through the quote unquote negative emotions or bad emotions. So... There is so much power in being able to build that mind and body connection. Um, And if you're somebody that overthinks, feels stressed and anxious and and, and feels like you're constantly ruled by your mind and you're sort of not connected in the body, I see you. I fucking see you. Um, And this is something that I work on with my coaching clients because I think it's so important. We have to be able to connect with our unconscious mind to be able to release the things that are stored that are ruling our life. Just because we're not consciously thinking about something doesn't mean that it's not triggered, doesn't mean that it's not actually playing out in ways that we're not aware of. So self-awareness and, you know, building that connection with your body is, oh, incredibly important and is something that has, has really helped me step into the version of myself I am now and that is what I help my clients with. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I want to fucking start healing my stuff. I want to start having a deeper connection with myself. Please send me a DM on Instagram. I would love to chat with you. Um, I currently have one-to-one coaching spots available. I'm taking a breath. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in if you got to the end. I really just felt called to share some of my story. Um, and, and my podcast is a great way for me to just do that completely unedited and to put it out there to see if it resonates with anybody and in the hopes that it can it can help people as well so thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and if you enjoyed this episode i would love if you would share it on your instagram and tag me at megan scobley underscore till next time my loves